Welcome to Upthinking Finance, a podcast that offers a unique and discerning view of economics and financial planning. Here is your host, Emerson Fersh. Welcome back to another edition of Upthinking Finance. I'm Emerson Fersh. Carolyn Mace once wrote, Always go with the choice that scares you the most because that's the one that's going to require the most from you. One of those choices in my life was back in 1995 when I made the decision to leave a job I had working for a national bank as a financial advisor in order to start my own investment management firm, Capital Investment Advisors. Now, at the time, the bank job offered me existing client base, guaranteed salary, employee benefits. I had a fancy title and also the hope that exists with most companies that I would at some point in the future move up the corporate ladder. But in spite of the protestations of my friends and some of my family members, I left that job to start my own firm because I felt I could do a better job. Over the years, I've been fortunate. I've met a number of people who've made that same decision at one time or another to leave the perceived security of working for a big company in order to hang up their own shingle. In some cases, people have not only left the company job they had, but they've started a business in a completely different industry. Today's guest, Lindsay Metcalf, is one of those people. Now, Lindsay is the sole owner of HomeConnect, which is a company based in Bozeman, Montana, that was created to eliminate the concerns that property owners have who are forced to leave their homes vacant for extended periods of time, and also to provide support for full-time residents who just need help managing the day-to-day and week-to-week and month-to-month details that come with homeownership. Some of the services that HomeConnect provides include weekly to monthly home check visits. She can coordinate deliveries, schedule maintenance services, and even arrange for housekeeping for those who are coming back into town. In fact, if you fly into your Bozeman, she'll even arrange for transportation to get you to and from the airport. Now, Lindsay grew up in northern Idaho and has called Montana home since 2010. She has a fierce passion for the mountains, the outdoors, and her country. And when she isn't running Home Connect, she's usually in the backcountry with her dogs or somewhere on one of the local rivers. Lindsay is an active member in her community. She serves uh, as a vice president for a local nonprofit organization and is actively involved with the Bozeman Sunrise Rotary Club. She brings many years of client service experience to every Home Connect contract and is really a wealth of information when it comes to the Montana experience. Lindsay has been involved with Home Connect since day one and has been providing peace of mind for homeowners in the Gallatin Valley area since 2018. So it's my pleasure to welcome from Three Forks, Montana, Lindsay Metcalf. Welcome to Upthinking Finance. Yeah, thanks for having me. You're welcome. So I guess the place, best place to start is at the beginning, and maybe you can start with where your career began because it's pretty unique and how you ended up getting involved with Home Connect. Yeah. So my Home Connect career started accidentally, sort of, but before Home Connect, I worked at a bank. And that's where the, I guess, founder of Home Connect found me. I was sort of, I call it my five-year interview because she was my client at the bank and I just, she's just, she's gold. And I know she was interviewing me for that entire time. But before that, I actually have a degree in equine anesthesia and veterinary technology. So that's really what I intended for my life, but God had different plans for me. So here I am. Awesome. Now, How did you decide on a career working with horses? Because I I actually never known anybody to do that. Yeah. Well, I grew up riding horses, lots of animals, and I connect with them. I have a a big passion for for livestock. And so I just, it just 
fit what was already just came natural to me to care for them. And I love veterinary medicine. Um, I love helping things that can't help themselves. And to be able to then apply my background as an athlete to the horses was really cool. So, so I mean, they're athletes. We work on them. We keep them in their job and in their work. And it was really rewarding. You know, it's funny you bring up the idea of horses being athletes. We had a speaker out at a client event a couple of years ago, Dallas Seavey, who I don't know if you're familiar with him. He's the uh, he's now the five-time Iditarod champion, but he talks about his dogs as athletes and how he treats them. And it, it was really very eye-opening. So, Yeah, they definitely are. <laughs> yeah. So you go from this this career working with horses to this opportunity that comes with Home Connect. So how did you kind of adjust, make that shift? How did that work for you? That, that's interesting. It was a humbling shift. I was pretty adamant, you know, like I went to school for this is what I don't do for my life. But at the same time, working's a privilege. You know, I don't just have the right to have that job because I say so. And um, there was a a period where the veterinarian I worked for, well, so so backing it up a little bit, I would snowbird. I would live six months. So the winter in Arizona and the summers in Montana, because mm. the horses all go south in the winter. And so in the summer, he was working out of Bozeman, Montana, and then he purchased a veterinary clinic in Red Lodge. And so his primary residence in the summer went to Red Lodge, which is about three, four hours east of here. And I was newly married my husband was like, you know, I didn't really marry you to uh, never see you. So and I totally understood <laughs> that. And it just was time for me to think about something else. And I applied, I just needed a job. I just had no business not working. And so I just I just took any good job. And I didn't really intend to stay at the bank as long as I did. But it was a great job. And I was grateful for the work. And it led to this, which is very, I think, rewarding, complete full circle from what I started doing. But that, that's how it happened. I just applied at a bank and I got hired. And So you had mentioned to me that you originally were employed by Home Connect. Am I getting that right? Or Yes, sort of. So Lisa Collins, she um, was my client at the bank and she invented this program. So she's a luxury realtor. She had a lot of clients saying, well, okay, so now can you check my mail and handle all this stuff for me while I live elsewhere in the in the winter. And so she invented the company and she interviewed, she interviewed me for five years basically. And then said, I'm taking Lindsay from the bank. She made it worth it for me to leave. And I created my own company that employed just me. And then I was a subcontractor of home connect. So I would invoice home connect for my business management services. So, so yes, I was employed by them, but I wasn't an employee. Okay. Which is better, I think, because then they didn't have to deal with employee. There's just there's a lot of ins and outs of having employees that we could avoid by me doing it that way. So, sure. So then there was a point where you became the owner. Yes. And so how did that work? Because I'm guessing you had as as a contract employee or an independent contractor some kind of a a I salary. Did. There was probably more security. Is that a fair way to put it? Or I was an owner. Yes. Yes and no. So the, I was an hourly, so I would bill them hourly. I'd send them an invoice every two weeks for my time. I mean, I mean, yeah, there was security there a little bit. But then as an owner, of course, I'm not invoicing myself. So I just take a salary now. And honestly, that feels a little bit less stressful to me than trying to like, make 40 hours as an employee. But I was also able to take on other work with my subcontracting company. So, so I was able to make ends meet just fine. But 
as an owner, there's a whole nother level of, you know, anxiety that comes with owning a business. You've got, it's not even just about the money. There's, there's liability. And I had to really understand my insurance policies and really understand where I was covered and legal, my contract, you know, it's 12 pages and it's a little bit wild. And I mean, I'm, I literally am going into business with my clients. I'm taking care of assets sometimes that are $6 million. And so, you know, I've got a huge target on my back, right? I mean, that's on me if I, if something goes really wrong. So, so there, that was even more stressful and less secure to me than like the financial side (laughs) side of Mm. things. But yeah. Because when we had spoken before and you talked a lot about taking a leap of faith, you said that a few times. And so maybe describe that process because I I think one of the reasons why I wanted to to talk to you because I I feel like there are a lot of people, you know, there's this this quote, wild at heart, John Eldridge wrote a book and um, he talked about life not being a puzzle to solve, but it's an adventure to live. And oftentimes, I think there are people who want to bust out and and take a risk, you know, which you have certainly, but there is that kind of jumping off point. (laughs) Oh, it it really is. And just, just trusting that it's going to work out. And if it doesn't, that's also for a reason. And you might not know that reason for a long time. But when I left the bank and became a subcontractor of Home Connect, I left an immense amount of structure. I left a job with really good benefits, reliable pay, a desk. I mean, you just don't even realize those <laughs> creature comforts until they're gone. And I remember a couple weeks into working, I called Lisa and she's like, how are you doing? I'm like, I'm really freaking out. I don't feel like I have a job. I feel like I don't have a desk. I don't have a home base. This is really stressing me out. And she, she giggled and she said, you know what, let's, let's make you comfortable but in a year from now, you're going to look back at this and laugh at yourself because you will, and you will not, you will just die if you ever have to go back to a nine to five desk job. Well, so she, she got me an office. She made me a desk. She did everything to accommodate me. And I literally never went there. <laughs> I think I went there for a week and then I was like, Oh, why am I coming into work? Like, that's silly. I laugh at that now. I think about that all the time and I'm like, God, I was freaking out over nothing, but. So that transition happened. And so then becoming an owner, I had already worked through a lot of those fears. And my role really didn't change. I was running the entire company on my own, basically, they were there for, you know, a sounding board and initially to fiscally support the the business until we made enough money to support ourselves. But so the leap of faith was huge. I have a great support in my family. Uh, My grandfather passed away uh, last August. And but but he was huge supporter, you know, just absolutely do this has a very strong business background and business sense. He's a very successful businessman. You know, my husband, like he always has the utmost confidence in me, right? And my dad, he was he was huge. He's like, this is debt worth taking on. This is a risk Mm. I know. And, and debt makes gives me anxiety, right? Because I needed to take money out to purchase the company. And but I mean, it just it can't fail like the way that the the previous owner set it up and the way that I had established it and myself already, I just didn't see it failing, but, but it's still, it's just still terrifying. And if it doesn't scare you a little (laughs) bit, it's probably not worth it. (laughs) That's exactly right. And you said something about never going back to the nine to five and you reminded me, I may have shared this with you when we talked before, my accountant friend who's a client of mine, and he basically went took the same path, you know, started his own accounting firm. And he says, he goes, at this point, I'm completely unemployable. 
And I, <laughs> I just love that because that's it. It's like how would yeah. how to go back to that kind of that sort of structure, you know? I and know. So you mentioned you know the support, which is great, but I you also when we talked shared about you guys being in a position to take the risk, and I think that's another thing that's really a good point that would be helpful to the listeners. Yeah. So I'm 33. My husband's 38. Five years ago when I first started working for Home Connect and then last year with the opportunity to purchase it. And I really owe a lot to my husband just with how he's really like structured our our finances and really pushed despite my pushback. You know, I like spending money. Who, who doesn't? And <laughs> I'm not as big picture. And he sort of has, has helped me grow in that, in that sense. And so he's really set us up. I mean, I'll take a little credit because I contributed as a teammate, but that is really a lot of it is his doing and setting us up to, you know, have no mortgage and have no credit card debt. And we don't buy things unless we have money for them. And that, that was hard for me to grasp, right? Like, I want that thing. I want to buy it. I'm a kind of a typical woman in that aspect. But um, so I owe a lot of that to him. And so then this opportunity presented itself. And it just seemed like a no brainer. And we were very, very fortunate to be in the position to be able to take on the debt comfortably. The business was strong enough to to pay that debt comfortably, but also knowing if it failed, we're responsible for it. Despite the hives of going into debt, it was good. And so being in that position, it's so important to really think long term like that and really try to live within your means, even if it's not sexy, like you're not driving the nicest car, you're not wearing the nicest clothes. I mean, this is a hand me down shirt from my dad. Like I, you know, you just make do with what you have. And you still have so much more than anybody like you know, most people. And so it's, it's easy, though, to fall into that. Yeah, living in California, in Orange oh. County. <laughs> yeah, you uh, suddenly feel like, Oh, I'm just Quasimodo yeah. running around here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so you're covering a lot of things which are important because it's a big leap. It's a financial leap. I've seen people get very excited about going into business and starting something. And I've seen some business plans that it just made no sense to me. And it's clear that people are kind of up here and not really in the on the ground with, right. with the reality of what's going on and the potential pitfalls. And, and I like what you explained about your husband because um, that's going to be another future episode about couples working together financially because my wife and I have done the same thing, you know, just in terms of, you know, she, when we first got married, she was well-established in her career, but we never lived as though we we had two incomes. You know, we always lived with one just because, you know, if we had a child, which we ended up eventually doing. We wanted to be able to have the flexibility for it to make sure one of us was always with him. You know, and so there is an element, and I like that you said that of thinking ahead because too often times people will look at starting a business as more of a Hail Mary and that, okay, you know, this is going to solve all the problems. And I mean, I started my practice when I had a truck payment in a studio apartment down on Belmont Shore. You know, I wasn't married, you know, so there was nobody else depending on me, you know. And so in your situation, it's it's you know, you have a spouse and it's a different, it's a different kind of risk. So I guess in full disclosure, I should share, I am a client of yours. Um, yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to say anything. <laughs> no, that's okay. Um, and we don't have, we don't have a $6 million home up there <laughs> yet. But, but you have um, a beautiful home. Thank you. And so I was kind of curious if it's okay, if it's fair and what kind of people you work with. I'm just sort of curious as to you know, the kind of clients you have and, and maybe even too along in that same vein, maybe kind of explain the challenges that have come aside from the just getting it set up and running it and the personal dealing with the transition in your life uh, yourself. But 
you know, what are the challenges of just running the business and what kind of people do you work with? I work with all kinds. They come from all over the country. I've had a client that's primary residence was Japan. Some have pretty strong ties back to Bozeman or, you know, Gallatin County. Some don't. Some just, it's almost like they just spun a globe and they, they landed here and <laughs> came here and this is what they love, right? So I'm always welcoming whoever wants to come to Montana. I, it's obviously more business for me, but I've got clients that truly just have vacation homes here. So they'll come to have a white Christmas because maybe they live in Florida or they'll just come for a two week retreat in the summer and hike and, and do that. And then they go home. But then there, there's some true snowbirds. There's some that bought this home and their projected retirement is five to 10 years. And so here I am till they retire and move here full time. But I manage everything from like a penthouse condo to a six, $7 million home on 30 acres. So there's really no, no one alike. And that's why I don't, pe- a lot of people will call and ask like, well, what are your package options? You're the package, right? So I don't, I can't just, <laughs> it's whatever you want or don't want. And we do have, you know, a baseline of things. We, we're not just going to be a, you know, like a girl Friday service, but it's just all just totally tailored to the customer and the client and what they want. Some people want it all. Some people don't want much. And it's just, you just don't know. But but all the different kinds of people, they have amazing careers and amazing jobs. They're all very fascinating. I love getting to connect with them a little bit professionally and learning just a little bit more. Sometimes I meet their families and, and that kind of thing, which is really exciting. There are some challenges, I suppose, in that most of my clients are living a lifestyle that I don't live. I don't have a, a vacation home and I don't have the the resources to pay for things that, that they're paying for. And so just adapting and learning to that. There's some things that clients want or need with no price tag and and like just removing my own feelings and beliefs about some things has been a challenge. Like, okay, but I just don't think you need to spend that kind of money on that. But but it's not it's not me. It's not my life. It's what matters to them and and that's important. Clients coming from a very um city atmosphere where some of them are living in you know, penthouses in a, you know, 50 story building. And so they don't have a yard, they don't have recreation, they don't have those things to consider. And so then coming out here, there's a lot to consider. And so I try very hard to just gently encourage them to do things that improve the well being of this community that they've chose to to be in for a couple weeks a year, like planting trees and making sure that anything we had a huge fire two years ago now, I think, it burned, it burned everything. And, and just the replanting of trees and caring for what was destroyed, they really leaned on me for that. And, and I'm grateful for that. But you know, there's just there's just certain things that they don't consider. And all of the clients do just coming to a very rural place, right? They wait, the grocery store is 20 minutes away. It is. Oh, you don't have Uber Eats? We don't. <laughs> you know, just stuff like that, that they have to get used to. And that's what I'm here for. They call me and say, how do we do this? Because there's no service for that. And and so it's been fun. It's been a good learning experience for me. And, and I do pride myself a little on being a chameleon. I can, you know, associate with and provide for people that are outside of my job, probably not in my normal social circle, and be just very candid and genuine. Even still, I do care about them. And, and I want them to enjoy everything that I love about Montana without having to worry about all the things that they sh- could be with a home of the caliber that these clients have. So these are a lot of the issues that get removed that people don't have experience with. You had mentioned too the challenge of 
working with people and gaining trust virtually like this? That's a big one. And I've somehow been able to do that without just naturally, but it's a big deal. I mean, I've managed some of these homes for a year and never met. Well, you're a good example. Um, I've managed your home for, I don't know how long, but I've never met you in person, right? You've never, you've seen me and we've talked on the phone, but you just don't really know me. And it's just, you, you mailed me a key and, and a lot of clients <laughs> are the same way. It's just critical. I think that the reports that I send, they can see like, oh, she's really in there. Of course, a lot of clients and I encourage a lot of clients to have cameras and security systems. They can see me in there, but they're not watching those daily. And and so I just think that the trust has really not been something I've struggled with gaining, but it it is awkward for me a little bit. You know, I feel like, man, I really got to, I really got to show them that this is worth it to them because they've never met me and, you know, and then they meet me and it's even better, but it's just interesting. And and a lot of these people have this service at home. And it's also encouraging to me on like a deeper level that humanity is still trusting and humanity is still seeing the good in, in things and people. And they're willing to just say, yeah, there's this blonde girl in Montana. She does this and here's my keys, (laughs) you know? And so that's great. A lot of the referrals, a lot of my clients come from referrals from other professionals too. So that helps. No, you have, um, I mean, speaking as a, as a client, I mean, I got referred to you by the, the realtor agent that, uh, mm-hmm. you know, sold us the property. And, you know, again, it is, it is a leap speaking from this side of the, the desk, you know, because yeah. although I have to say in full disclosure, it was after the time we talked and had this kind of a call that I gave you my alarm. <laughs> that was, that was like, <laughs> you're that was unique, me hanging on Emerson. to my last little bit of control. <laughs> yeah, you're you're unique. So that it was interesting too, because and I could tell, like I was like, well, uh, I guess I'm going here at this time. Can you disarm the alarm? Which you're my first client. That's not like just here you go. Here's my everything and my you know whatever. And but that's okay. That's good. It's your stuff. And and I would be exactly like you, where I'm like, I don't want them to know my code. <laughs> It's just like I said, all kinds of kinds. And some of my clients are are high profile people in the country. Yeah. And so that's always a game, you know, a totally different ball of wax jumping through those hoops. So so you're really sure. not that extreme, but it, it was just, just funny. Yeah, everybody's different and that's at your comfort level. I'm easy. As long as I can get in and do my job, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I know. It's just one of those things. But I, I guess the reason why I bring that up is when you do, you know, once I we had a face-to-face and, mm-hmm. and those reports you send are really great. And um, yeah. the peace of mind factor, I mean, knowing – because we I flew out. I think I shared with you when we started, I flew out. I know these sound like first-world quality problems, but, you know, you work hard. You, you gain an asset. You want to take care of it. And yeah. I had to fly out there one uh, – Gosh, it was, I think, February of 2021 because there was so much snow built up on that balcony back there. I mean, it was like a foot and a half and I had Mm -hmm. to go and really flew out (laughs) just to shovel the balcony off, you know, and it was like 11 below. I remember that. It was really cold. But, you know, so to not have to worry about those things, Mm -hmm. your contracts, you mentioned those, but to me, those are all signs. Those are things you look at when you can't be there face to face. It's a sense of it's really tight. It's pretty thorough. And so- I get what you're saying. You mentioned a couple of times when we spoke before, you're very passionate about your country. Do you, do you mind elaborating on that? Because it's nice to hear. Oh, yeah. I just, I yeah, I love this country. And I'm very, very fortunate to have been born and raised in this country. We just, we have such a rich, amazing, beautiful history that's gotten us to where we are today. And, and 
you know, c- current issues aside, we'll always have them. It's a result of a of a growing country. As long as you have people in it, there's going to be problems. But I just think that it's still the greatest place to live. And I've got just deep rooted history and my family for for fighting for the fact that I can vote and that I can, you know, I can run a business with my intentions and my goals and my beliefs. And um, I can leave a cushy bank job and take that big leap of faith. And I'm going to make it because this is America. And you can literally do anything if you're willing to put put in that work and you have that mentality of, you know, that you want to you want a hand up, not a handout. You want somebody to give you the work and you're not too proud to ask for the work and be grateful when you have it because because working is it really is a privilege, even in a first world country. And if you don't, if you don't want to get up and go to work every day, it's also the beauty of this country is that you're going to be okay, you know, just to be able to be as free as we are. And and I know the mask mandate and all of those things that came up, but we still are very free people. And you know what, if you didn't want to wear a mask, you weren't going to get executed for it. You weren't going to get exiled. you know, it just, and I know it sounds dramatic, but I mean, it's just, it's just so incredible. And I just, I watch other people make it and I watch other people fall and hit their rock bottom and they make it again. And it's, it's because of where we live and it's because of generations and, and such good, rich history that's got us where we are. Yeah. I just, it's just so hopeful to me. And, and I just, I just find a lot of peace and just knowing that I, I live in the best place possible in the entire world. No, it's nice to hear. Um, and I, I have to say, I feel the same way. You know, I have my office in Long Beach and, um, I'm able to put up pictures of the savior on the wall because it's yeah. my office and yeah. it's my company. And, right. you know, there's a lot of things I think that can get lost and we can take for granted, um, because of other things that are going on that are kind of a distraction, but there's a spirit yeah. there. And I 100% agree. So last thing, Lindsay, I just be curious because I know I will set this up with my own experience that running this company I have. I'm getting old, <laughs> but it's been 20, almost 27. It'll be 27 years in August. I've been self-employed. And, okay. Wow. And aside from the confidence that you get, you know, the learning that you, you know, for me, I realized I had a lot more business sense than I really was aware of. Um, I didn't know that about myself that I, I just have the ability to make good decisions most of the time. It's been a real spiritual journey. And I think that's the thing that I, I can look at. I'll just share with you and then I'll ask you to kind of throw in any thoughts that fit to kind of wrap this up. But there was a time where I, I had a partner when I first started my company. And, you know, one of those things that they say about don't go into business with your friends. Um, I learned that firsthand. Yeah. <laughs> and it was unfortunate, but, you know, and so we went our separate ways a year into it. And I was like kind of at a crossroads in life, really. And I was just thinking maybe I'll just, you know, run off to Club Med or, you know, become a personal mm-hmm. trainer, just completely just give up. And um, I had a night where I went and through direction of a kind of a spiritual advisor of mine, said a prayer, you know, just ask God for some help. And the thought yeah. came to my mind, just try. And I remember thinking that was, that was July 4th of 1996. And I remember thinking, okay, I can just try. And that way, if I fail, at least I know I didn't quit. You know, and here I am a couple of decades later, but through that process, I, yeah, I've seen God's hand and in, in some of the clients I've met and how things have worked. And even the people I work with, you know, they've, you know, my associates in my office in Long Beach are just really quality individuals. And so that's the thing for me. It's been a real spiritual journey. And so I'm kind of yeah. curious to this point, how you've personally grown through this whole experience. Oh, yeah. I mean, personally grown. Oh. 
A lot, a lot. I mean, I've really gained a deeper confidence in myself. I've always been a a little bit more of a a confident person, even when I don't know what the heck I'm talking about. You're going to believe me probably. But um, I've really grown. I've uh, learned to take a step back and say like, I don't really know. Let me find the answer instead of just feeling like I had to provide the answer all the time on a you know religious level. God's going to provide for me whether I completely fail at this business or not. But just just having faith that there's somebody with a bigger plan than you is takes a lot off my shoulders. It makes me realize like, man, you know, like my, my problems aren't that big. Someone, someone's got my back that is going to make sure I'm okay. And so that's really comforting to me. On a non-religious example, Michael Jordan, I don't know if you've watched that documentary, The Last Dance, but his attitude and his mentality about winning and about doing whatever you have to do to be the best and to win, it's incredible. And it's something we could all learn from. And that story and that mentality is something that's been ingrained in me since I was a kid. And, and so, and I cling to that. It's comforting. And that's my mentality too, is just, I'm just, failure is not an option. Even if you don't succeed at the thing that's in front of you, you've got success in other things. You've got marketable skills and you live in America and you've got somebody bigger than you has your back. And so I I just think that that's important to find what comforts you in moments where the things are out of your control. It's a big deal. But yeah, you do. You you miss all those shots you don't take, right? So so just what what you're saying (laughs) about, about somebody, that feeling you got of like, just do it, just try and then do and then make it make it succeed because because you can. I mean, it's not gonna be easy most of the time. And I, I know that my hardest days are yet to come as a business owner. Yeah. And I think what you said is exactly right. And that actually becomes a financial principle that oftentimes short term circumstances can cause people to make long term yes. decisions that can yes. really derail because of the emotion in the moment. So that's really good. You have a good foundation and a, you seem kind of young to be making MJ references, but <laughs> Oh, no, I, I'm a that's kid good. in the 90s. I grew okay. up in the 90s. <laughs> yeah, I mean, everybody loves Michael Jordan. What's not to like? Okay. No, no, that, that's, that's good. So, you know, you have a great niche. I was really thankful because, like I said, for us personally, it's just peace of mind. I like getting reports. And truthfully, it's cool <laughs> to see pictures of our place. I know. Clients love that. They're like, look at all the snow or whatever. They just, yeah. it's like... I hope it gets you up here sooner. Hopefully, my photography skills are good enough, (laughs) convincing enough. We also didn't realize we had an air conditioning cover. So, that was a nice discovery. (laughs) That was funny. That was funny. I know. A lot of clients do that. They're like, "Uh, I saw something on the security camera, but where? Is that my house? (laughs) Like, that's your house. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's it's nice. It's reassuring. Yeah. um, Oh, of course. I think you can relate, though, a little bit, too. Like, I do think that our feelings here are a little bit similar where finances are very intimate. You're very like in people's business and they're, they're really trusting you with big things and their future. So I think like you getting the report and and that kind of thing, it's like you, you can relate now the tables are turned, right. And you're sort of like your financial client, like here, Lindsay, here's the key to my house and my security code. Don't screw it up. (laughs) You know, that's kind (laughs) of, that's kind of like what, what people do with you. Here's my bank account and my, future. I've actually had clients tell me that. <laughs> yeah. Don't yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. So reports are huge. <laughs> it is. And they're very professional. And like I said, very comforting. So you have this great niche in Bozeman. Yeah. Do you have any longer term kind of, you know, if you're looking out and thinking, okay, this is something I could grow, mm-hmm. and maybe expand. Yeah. How, you know, have you thought about that? And if you have, what does that look like? 
Yeah. So, so short term, I'd love to be in a position where we've grown to the point that I need to hire an assistant. And I'd love to be able to offload some of the back end back office stuff that I just I can't sit at a desk. I hate doing accounting. I mean, you don't, I just don't like numbers and money. And this is why I have my husband because it's like, no, I don't want that. And I would love to be in that position. Just that would be a sign to me that I have positive, healthy growth, big, big picture. I mean, I don't really want to be working like when I'm 50, I want to be gallivanting around. And and so I'm, I'm really trying hard to retire pretty early. But but that's just something that that's long term. But I'd love to offer this, I would call it, you know, Home Connect South. And this is big, big, big picture. So before I would do something like go down to Big Sky to work, I would like to offer Home Connect to people in like Scottsdale, where their homes are vacant in the summer, and have somebody because you have a whole nother set of problems down there in the summer with, you know, bugs and scorpions and they call them roof rats but they're lizards it's like Mm. it's just a whole nother set of problems that vacant homes experience there and so so yeah i'd really love to to do something like that i'd love to get back home to Coeur d'Alene that is just an exploding area and we're going to see a lot more there's a pretty big population of second homes there now but but i just think you know this niche will need to be brought there too and I, i would that was be something I'd entertain as well. So just having second locations, but, but I, I mean, there's just so much work here in the Valley that I've just, I just don't have yet. And I know I'll get eventually. It just, just takes time. No, that's great. Um, and I could go, I could go on and on talking business with you, so I, <laughs> I won't keep you, but um, it's just the progression of things and getting an assistant. I remember I was at a conference I don't know, somewhere down in San Diego in the late 90s. And I heard a guy, there was a panel of speakers and um, somebody talked about jumped his business to the next level was when he hired an assistant. And it just like resonated um, with me, that whole idea. And that's when I made that move because that was risky. Now, you, now you're responsible for an employee right. and their well-being. And, but um, it's just great talking to you, Lindsay. You have a really inspiring story. Thank you for joining me on Upthinking Finance. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Emerson Fersh is a registered representative with and securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. Advisor services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor and separate entity from Capital Investment Advisors. The opinions voiced in this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a decision. The guest speakers and the companies they represent are not affiliated with or endorsed by LPL Financial or Capital Investment Advisors. Individual tax and legal matters should be discussed with your tax or legal expert. Economic forecasts set forth may not develop as predicted and there can be no guarantee that strategies promoted will be successful. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. There is no assurance that the techniques and strategies discussed are suitable for all investors or will yield positive outcomes. The purchase of certain securities may be required to affect some of the strategies. Investing involves risks, including possible loss of principal.